Welcome to the debut edition of the Inside Nutley podcast. I'm your host, Tom Greco, and I'm pleased to be joined by Township of Nutley Mayor, Dr. Joseph P. Scarpelli. Welcome, Mayor. Thank you, Thomas. Look forward to this uh, podcast, and hopefully this is a new way for us to uh, communicate with the public. Mayor, since this is our first podcast, as you said, why don't you tell our listeners who may not be familiar with you a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm uh, Joe Scarpelli. I grew up in Nutley. But to know about me, you probably should know a little bit about my family. Uh, My great-great-grandfather came to Nutley in the 1890s. He bought a piece of property up on Milton Avenue, and he worked as a gravedigger in the Mount Olivet Cemetery in Bloomfield. And when he had raised enough money, he sent for his family and brought them over and and lived on uh, Milton Avenue. And uh, my family still lives there today. Uh, my mother and my uncle and my cousins all live up on Milton Avenue. Uh, my grandfather, Peter Scarpelli Sr., was uh, what I would call community activist. He, uh, he was very passionate about representing the Italian-American community. Uh, that neighborhood up on Milton Avenue and the surrounding uh, hills was called Nanny Goat Hill. Uh, he uh, ran for commissioner four times, 1964, 1968. 1976 and 1980. He never won commissioner, uh, but uh, he did attend commission meetings for over 20 years and sat in the front row and uh, was affectionately known as the sixth commission. Uh, In 1983, my dad, Peter Scarpelli Jr., uh, ran for commissioner and won. And he served as commissioner for over 24 years and was a mayor for one term. But before that, he was active in the community, uh, very important. Both my grandfather and my father uh, thought that community service and giving back to the community was very important. And my dad uh, volunteered for the Nutley American Little League. He volunteered for the Nutley Family Service Bureau, Knights of Columbus, Unico, before he ran for commissioner. So community service has always been very important uh, in our family. And uh, when he retired in uh, 2008, I decided to run for commissioner. I won I, and uh, have been a commissioner for over 14 years. I was uh, mayor uh, from, my, from 2016 to 2020. And then um, I also took the mayorship again this, this past May. Um, also important to my family was education. Uh, I went to Nutley High School. Uh, I went to Uppsala College and graduated New York Chiropractic College. I've been a chiropractor for 35 years in the same neighborhood where I grew up uh, on the bottom of Milton Avenue. And uh, that's what's a little bit about Joe Scarpelli. Well, just so we, we were clear with everybody, um, I first met the mayor uh, tackling him in midget football in the uh, early to mid 70s. Um, I felt this huge weight on my shoulder as I was trying to get up and I turned around and I said, get off me. And, and it was uh, Dr. Joe. Hi, Joe Scarpelli. And that's, that's how we met. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Nutley and, and uh, what that was like for some of the people who aren't familiar or new to this town. Well, you know, growing up in Nutley has always been special. Uh, I love this town. Uh, you know, we have a great uh, school system. We have a great park system. And uh, one of the reasons that uh, I did run was I want to keep this town the way I remember when I grew up. You know, uh, you know, it's very important to me. I have a business here. I raised my kids here. Uh, two of my children 
uh, have uh, raising their their families here. And my grandson will be the seventh generation. His Nicholas, my grandson Nicholas, will be the seventh generation to call Nutley his home. So Nutley is important to me, and keeping it the way it was and is is important also. Was that the major uh, source of your involvement, getting involved in public service? I, obviously, your family's been in it forever, but was that the the motivation for you to continue that tradition? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, obviously through my blood. I mean, talk about my grandfather and my father. So they're definitely in my blood, public service and, and community service. And the the natural outlet uh, for uh, community service is is to serve, right? And serve publicly. Some of the things that I did in the past. I was on the Nutley Board of Education. Uh, I filled it on expired term. I also served on the Essex County Freeholder Board for one term. So there's, there's, I've been involved in the community, involved in public service, involved in community service. And uh, that's something that was always stressed in my family. Nutley has a very unique form of government. Can you explain that? Sure. So we have a commission form of government. We're one of 32 municipalities in the state of New Jersey with the commission form of government. Uh, most of those are three-member commissions, and most of those are in South Jersey, the very small shore towns down there. But there are also seven communities, mostly in North Jersey, that have a commission form of government. The commissioners are the legislative and executive branch of government. Um, in Nutley, uh, we have a commissioner of uh, public affairs, which is Commissioner Kelly, Commissioner of Public Safety, Commissioner Petraco, Commissioner of Parks and Recreation, which is Commissioner Tucci, and the Commissioner of Revenue and Finance, which is Commissioner Evans, and then the Department of Public Works, which I am the director of. Um, you know, we, we have people that run the day-to-day -day operations, but we are the directors of each of those departments. And how is the mayor determined? So uh, after uh, an election, uh, by tradition, the top vote getter uh, is selected to be the mayor, but the mayor is selected among the other commissioners. So. Um, but that's been the tradition is the top vote getter becomes the mayor. With that in mind, 2020 was uh, quite a different kind of election, correct? Yeah, 2020 was a very unique election. I, one, it was run entirely by mail-in ballot. So uh, there were, the, on the before election day, there were ballots, people voting and sending in their ballots. After election day, still more ballots being received and counted. And so, uh, you know, that was a unique very unique. And then also we had, after 8,000 votes, there was a tie between uh, Maratucci and myself for mayor. And, um, you know, after a five minute conversation, after the county clerk had posted them online, um, Commissioner Tucci gave me a call and he said, uh, what do you want to do? I said, how about if we split the term and uh, have two years apiece? And he said, that's a great idea. And within that five minutes of them being posted online, you know, we uh, decided uh, what to do with the next four years. We thought that was good for the community. It's ridiculous to fight over something when we have so many important issues that we need to resolve. Considering that election took place during a pandemic of uh, the kind that we've never seen in our lifetime, at least, um, with that in mind, what are some of the town's biggest challenges post-COVID? Well, one, uh, COVID was very difficult uh, to deal with. Um, just all the restrictions that were involved, uh, just trying to meet, well, you know, um, one of the good things that came out of the COVID is Zoom that we're doing today. Uh, but, uh, you know, very difficult. 
you know, we lost some of our uh, leading citizens. So, you know, that hurt a lot. Um, but uh, going forward, we have uh, three redevelopment projects that we have on the books that we're going to move forward in. And um, I also want to look at uh, our flooding, some of our flooding that we had over the past summer with uh, Storm Ida and uh, some of the other storms, and then uh, look at our infrastructure. So those are like the three main uh, issues I'll be looking at going forward over the next uh, two years. Again, for those people who are aren't familiar with our form of government. Um, and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talk on social media, as we all know, um, that seems to be the, uh, the, the place where the town criers are. Um, but just uh, to inform those who don't know, uh, how many hours a week does a commissioner typically spend on his commissioner job, as opposed to his real job? Well, uh, even though commissioners uh, are supposed to be part-time employees, uh, it's full-time work. We, I think we all put in over 40 hours a week uh, and we do it because we love the town and we want the, you want this town to move forward and uh, you know, no one does it for the pay. That's certain. What is the pay? So uh, uh, for commissioner, you receive a total of $2,250 per year. And uh, the mayor gets a big raise. He gets an extra 500. So uh, 2750 uh, doesn't really even buy gas for all the events that we uh, have to go to. That's that's amazing. I think that's something that uh, a lot of people lose sight of the amount of time that uh, all the commissioners put in. Um, having been doing this for about six months and working with the, closely with the commissioners and living here for sixty years, um, prior to that, I never knew the amount of time that went into uh, what all of you do. Um, and I, I'm not trying to kiss up or anything. It's just. Uh, let me put it this way. I would never do it. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, a lot of time. And, uh, you know, to do that and, and be able to run a successful business or any kind of business is just, uh, it's an amazing thing. And uh, what other reason, I mean, why would you do it if you didn't love the town? I mean, that's, that's my personal opinion. A lot of people don't seem to share that, but maybe they will after, after seeing this. Every, every commissioner that I've known in the past and the current uh, board of commissioners they only have the best interests of this town at heart. Let's let's touch on some of the uh, the main issues that that uh, uh, that are coming up. Um, let's start with the with the pool club. What's the status of that? So uh, the pool club, we were in litigation with the owner over the uh, what it was uh, zoned as. Uh, they felt it was zoned for mixed use with with residential uh, and and commercial. Uh, our zoning map had it as mixed use, just uh, commercial and office space. Uh, we were in litigation over that. Uh, we have a settlement uh, that's been signed that will make it a uh, over 55 residential community for 99% of it, uh, 85 units, three would be market, uh, market rate apartments. But uh, we think it's the best interest of the town to, to have that settlement move forward because some of the other uses that could have been there if we would have lost the lawsuit uh, would not have been good for the township. I know as, as, as someone who's, who's dealt with this issue, there is a tremendous backload of, of a waiting list for over 55 apartments, correct? It's yeah, we think that this is going to be very successful. I mean, there are so many people that we hear that are downsizing and looking to stay in Nutley, and we don't really have anything available for them. 
but we think that uh, this is going to be an upscale over 55 uh, apartment uh, complex and it's going to be something that we certainly think is going to be attractive to our residents who are looking to downsize or even uh, you know those who are over 55. That's great. What about the Ciccolini property? So the Ciccolini property, uh, we uh, declared that the that area, an area in need of redevelopment and rehabilitation. Uh, it's a process that we must go through uh, in order to uh, rezone it. And so uh, we've uh, put out an RFP for to get from the development community what they want to see or what they would want to do there. I mean, we are the board of commissioners, but we don't have redevelopment experience. So we want to see what people were thinking. We received three proposals from uh, people out there in the redevelopment community. And uh, we're evaluating at this time. Nothing is, is certain or sealed, correct? Nothing is certain or sealed at this point, no. How do you go about determining whether or not, you know, to redevelop that area or any area specifically? Well, one, uh, Ciccolini's was for sale. Uh, they had a buyer. Uh, it was going to be many, many units in there. Um, we had uh, traditionally had that, that area for some of our parking for the commercial uh, restaurant and the, the, some of the other shops around there. And Mr. Ciccolini had always rented out his lot. Uh, if uh, that was developed without any input, we would have uh, lost some of that parking. So part of the RFP that we put out was that we need to keep the parking we have plus add an additional 50 spots. And uh, we also uh, are gonna have some open space on the avenue of 5,000 square feet. So we were able to control what happened in that by uh, going doing this process. There are, when something like that is, is proposed, there's a lot of speculation, especially online. We've all seen that. Uh, a lot of it is, is a hearsay and, and uh, in plain English fiction. Um, what, what exactly do the commissioners, what, what are you looking for in terms of, of making that area uh, a positive thing for the town? So we want some viable uh, retail space. Um, some of the other newer apartments have very small retail space. So we're looking for viable retail. Uh, we're looking to revitalize that end of town. Um, we're looking to preserve the parking, as I said before, and, and we're looking to uh, have some open space. And we wanna make that a model redevelopment for the rest of the, the town, the rest of the Franklin Avenue, so we can move forward. You know, it, it, if, if you remain stagnant, you know, you fall behind the other towns in Essex County and in the state. And uh, we really need to move forward uh, and, and keep our, our, our business district viable. Can you give us an update on the on three process? Yeah, so, uh, you know, when, uh, when Pop and LaRoche left, they left us with five vacant buildings. Uh, all of those buildings are now filled. I believe that it is the uh, best innovation hub in the metropolitan area. We have uh, a school of medicine on site. We have um, ISI, which is a pharmaceutical uh, company that's in the, the big iconic building. We have Ralph Lauren, who everybody knows, they occupy another one of those buildings. And then in uh, what the um, research and development building, we have a Modern Meadow, which is a biomanufacturer. They produce leather in a laboratory. And we have Hackensack Meridian Center for Discovery and Innovation. They do cancer research. 
We have YMABS who, do, who does pediatric uh, cancer research. So uh, we really are uh, at the forefront here in Nutley and uh, we're gonna move forward. We still have uh, a couple parcels that need to be uh, developed and uh, all, the whole Clifton side needs to be redeveloped. Um, we have some issues that we need to make sure are addressed before we move forward on some of the other uh, parcels, um, mostly traffic. We need to make sure that uh, the traffic coming through Nutley is not gonna be unbearable as it was when the Hoffman LaRoche was there. It was terrible. For, for those of us of a certain age who have lived here a long time. That's for sure. The, waiting at that, that light for uh, about 20, 25 minutes used to be normal every day. Yes. Uh, I, I definitely understand that. I know that the idea of, of a podcast is one way to get the community involved. Um, if they have questions uh, about any of these issues, the best way to get to you right now is to send, uh, send us an email, correct? Correct, you can send me an email. An email. You can send it to uh, your email and uh, we'll address that on future podcasts or we'll get, I'll, I'll write back to you on if you email me. Uh, we try to communicate as best we can. It's almost impossible to uh, refute every rumor that's out there or misinformation. Uh, it gets frustrating at times, uh, but we're hoping that this podcast is one of the ways that we can get information out to people that's that is credible and not misinformation. Well, that's that's a, that's correct. That's part of the goal. If if you have any questions for the mayor, uh, we gladly address them here at and you can email us at publicrelations at nutleynj.org. Uh, you'll see that right on your screen. Um, but this is the place to do it moving forward. Um, again, there's a lot a lot of questions on social media. Uh, the commissioners cannot answer everything uh, and it'd be silly <laughs> to do something like that. So this is a way to do that. If, sometimes if, by answering those things, you give credibility to them. Right. And uh, sometimes you just have to ignore some of the silly stuff that's out there. Well, that's, I, again, this is the opportunity for, for our residents to do that. And I, I think they should all take advantage of that because uh, uh, knowing you and knowing the other commissioners and, and knowing myself in terms of, of doing this podcast, that's the whole point of it. We want to make sure there's transparency and that uh, our, our residents' questions are answered. I mean, that's that's part of this goal. Yeah, I, I, you know, our my goal is to uh, you know use this as, as a unique forum, right? Something that that uh, all the commissioners can access and get get information out. Um, maybe even have some of our other elected officials in the state uh, come on and uh, explain some of the things they're doing. Uh, you know, the best that we can get out uh, information, the better off we are. Great. With that in mind, we have we do have a couple of questions from our residents, uh, if you don't hey, mind. I'm ready. All right. This is from Joanne LaRiviere. She lives on Elm Place. Who or which department approves the contractor's ability to build in Nutley? How do you plan to address school overcrowding? So let's, 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 let's break that question down a little bit because it depends on what's being built. If something is being built in a zone that allows that to be built, then that goes forward going through the, the code department. If uh, it's in violation of our zoning ordinance, then it either goes to the zoning board or planning board. Uh, in what we have with some of the uh, redevelopment projects, those are a little different. You know, we have on three, we have Chickalini, we have the pool club. Those are uh, done a little differently and you have a redevelopment plan, uh, you have to have public input 
and hearings on that plan. Uh, so that's what's done as far as the different kinds of redevelopment. I hope I was clear on that. Well, following up on that, the commissioners and the planning boards, all those boards, they're totally separate entities, correct? Yeah, so the zoning board uh, is a, a separate from the town commissioners, right? The planning board has the mayor and, a, and a, uh, one of the other commissioners on it, and then, you know, people from the public. And then the commissioners obviously are separate. But, but the development uh, projects really run through the commissioners so more, more than anything else. But uh, approval for those kinds of projects has to come from the boards, correct? In other words, right. yeah, yeah. You just, I mean, it's like I said, as long as you, um, as as long as you comply with the zoning ordinance, you can move forward. But if you don't comply, then you have to go to the zoning board for approval or to the planning board for approval, depending on what you're asking for. What I'm trying to get at is that the commissioners don't pull the strings on those boards. They they're independent. No, no. the mayor appoints the people, but after that, um, you better not get involved. <laughs> exactly great what about uh, so overcrowding was the other issue how do you plan to address school overcrowding so uh, i mean I, obviously that's outside the the commissioner's purview but we certainly uh, i'm going to speak for myself we're supportive of of tackling the overcrowding issue uh, we've had three referendums that have failed um, we need to get a referendum out there that can pass and that way we can move forward as as a not only as a school district we can move forward as a township because um, we can't uh, be, be blocked from doing things that we need to do to move forward if, if school overcrowding is an issue. Okay, the next question is from Christine Taramina from Evergreen Avenue. Please update when the three shipping containers will be removed from the Diamond Springs property. So uh, I, I will look into that. I mean, uh, shipping containers, any uh, pods or shipping containers, are usually on a temporary basis. Um, I know that they've been up there a while. I will check with our departments to see uh, well, what's being done to, to address that. Great. I have a couple of additional questions just, just from me. Uh, sure. <laughs> this this question's right up your alley. When will the roads in town be finished? So we've, uh, over the past five years, we've had a very good cooperative uh, relationship with public service. Uh, they've had a gas line, a main line uh, replacement going on. Um, they rip up the roads. Uh, they stay that way for, for a while. We wait for them to settle. Um, but when uh, by the end of the summer, we will have from that project, these last five years, we'll have over two thirds of our roads repaved at no cost to the local taxpayer. And that I think is worth some of the aggravation, some of the rough ride, and some of the uh, road closures and inconveniences that we've had. Uh, you know firsthand because uh, Bloomfield Avenue up until recently had been a mess and, and that's where your office is. It's almost, almost a year that I've been dealing with, with the gas line replacement project uh, at my office. At one point during, uh, during the uh, winter, I had all four roads, uh, Bloomfield Avenue, both ways, Milton Avenue and Hope Street, all closed at the same time. I uh, got a little got a little friendly with the uh, state trooper up the top of Crestwood and Hope that anybody who waved to him was coming to my office. So anybody that called and said they couldn't get here, I said, just wave to the trooper and come on down. And, uh, but you know, it was paved last week. So that's uh, almost a year dealing with that personally. 
it just shows how much of a power a true a commissioner really has over somebody. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Circling back to to the school, uh, uh, be, schools being overcrowded. Uh, trailers have been a, a major source source of, uh, uh, of of distress, I guess, uh, to a lot of us who grew grown up here. Um, obviously, we've we've done the referendums; they haven't passed. Uh, what's your take on on uh, with regard to how much how much the commissioners can actually do with, about the trailers? They're, they're, I, your your power is kind of limited with that, right? It's a it's a board of education thing. Yeah, it's a board of ed thing, but you know, obviously, you know, as the town leaders, we have to take a leadership role here. Uh, you know, the the because of state mandates, we don't really have our our student population has remained very steady for the last 20 years. But because of state requirements and mandates, the, the, the school itself has kind of shrunk. You have classrooms that you need to dedicate to special needs and uh, other things. Um, and so it, there's not as many much room within the building uh, as there used to be. And so the trailers were an interim step at the time to accommodate that. Um, and so whatever goes forward, we wanna make sure uh, does eliminate the trailers. One of the things that the commissioners did uh, when the bike shop property was available, we, uh, we purchased it because it was you know, contiguous to uh, the, the Franklin Middle School. So we wanted to make sure that, that that property was available for any expansion that may occur. And uh, you know, the referendums did utilize that property um, in, in expanding the uh, John Walker Middle School, but uh, you know the people didn't uh, didn't vote for it. So uh, we're we're back to uh, you know wherever the board uh, is going to move forward with that. And uh, I, for one, will be supportive and have hopefully have some input into what they put forward to the public. You showed your age a little bit there by saying Franklin Middle School, right? Yeah, no, I, I corrected myself <laughs> as we went along. <laughs> uh, same thing for me. I mean, you know, we all love Mr. Walker as much as as much as possible. It, but you know, if you grew up and it was Franklin Middle School, to always be Franklin I, Middle School. I'm going to tell you a, a a good Mr. Walker story, a personal Mr. Walker story. So, um, when I was appointed to the to the uh, Board of Education in 1996. He came up to me and he said, I remember you. He said, I remember, you know, during a student faculty base softball game, you slid into second base and you hurt Mr. Henry's knee. Now, I knew that, but I was saying, how the heck did this guy remember that? And when I was in the sixth grade at Lincoln School and uh, he had a great memory. He was such a great person. Um, shame he got sick and passed away but uh, enjoyed working with him in my short time on the board of ed. Uh, he was the assistant superintendent at that time. Uh, really a great man uh, and a man who overcame some, some barriers to become a leader in this community. He touched just about everyone that he ever met. He was just, uh, I, I mean, when we were growing up and in, 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 uh, we were all in, in different grammar schools, he was teaching at Washington. And even then we knew him because he'd be at every sport event. And he'd come up and he'd encourage you. And, and again, it's, he's, he's sorely missed. And, and uh, anyone who ever came into contact with Mr. Walker understands why the very least we, we could do was name a school after him. How do you think the latest housing reassessment will affect our taxes? Well, uh, reassessment is uh, something that 
we certainly don't look forward to doing, but we're ordered by the County of Essex um, uh, Board of uh, Taxation that we have to go out and uh, reassess so many years. So uh, the typical uh, rule of thumb is a third of the people uh, stay the same, a third go down, and a third go up. Unfortunately, a third of our residents going up is a lot of people, uh, upsets a lot of people. The people that go down and people stay the same, you don't really hear from them. But the, you know, the third that go, go up, you, we certainly hear from them and uh, you know, it's unfortunate. But what's, what's good to remember is it has nothing to do with the amount of taxes raised. It's the same pie, it's just how it's split up. What is being done to deal with the flooding problems that we had recently? So, uh, you know, with uh, Hurricane Ida and the, a storm earlier in the summer, um, last summer, we had tremendous amount of flooding in places that we were never flooded before and unprecedented flooding in places that normally flood. So uh, we are in, currently doing H and H study. Uh, it looks at our infrastructure, our, our, and it looks at you know all of our um, storm sores all empty into the Third River or Passaic River. So it looks at also the Passaic River and the uh, Third River. And it looks at the areas that flood to see to make sure that the infrastructure is adequate and how it flows and any changes or mitigation that we could do to prevent some flooding. So when that study is complete and it should be soon, we'll have some uh, ways maybe to go to FEMA and, um, you know, help reduce the, the areas that flood historically. I don't think anything, though, that anything we can do would correct or, or, or mitigate what happened during Ida. That was a tremendous amount of water in a very short period of time. Um, so there's no way to mitigate that. I think, and again, not kissing up here, I think the response from the town during that was amazing. Um, seeing the people out there and um, people from your department, people from all the departments, saving people's lives. Um, it was just, it was, it, was, it made us proud. I think there were 72 people rescued in the town and um not only the police and fire but dpw and parks department with their front end loaders um you know those 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 people put themselves in harm's way to to help other people and save other people's lives because the people could have died that night and thank god no one did amazing uh last question uh and this is kind of a selfish question because uh i hate traffic as much as anyone any update on the on the kingsland street bridge so uh, that is not a uh, Essex County or Nutley project. That's a Passaic County project. And uh, we had received some rumors, you know, we read social media too, uh, that the bridge wasn't going to be completed for another year. So we had our engineers contact the Passaic County engineers, and they assured us that they are on target to, uh, that they were actually pouring the deck uh, probably two weeks ago now, and they, they're on target according to Pacific County, to open by the end of the summer that roadway. That's fantastic. All right, Mayor, uh, uh, give us an idea of what do you, what do you look forward to uh, in future podcasts? Well, I, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm hoping all the commissioners take advantage of this. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some of our other elected officials. We can address some of these issues. I like to, you know, go into more detail on some of the goals, some of the redevelopment projects, some of the flooding as we get that report back on, on what we plan on doing. 
uh, and the infrastructure. Um, obviously, uh, hopefully by the, our, our next podcast, I can tell you that all the roads that the public service we're working on are all paved. Um, you know, uh, I got a- asked a question probably in 2012. If I could wave a magic wand, what would I want to have happen? And I said, if I can wave a magic wand, I want all our roads to, to uh, be repaved so that my, my phone would stop ringing. But, uh, and that's one of the things that the Commission of Former Government does. It's very accountable. People know how to get in touch with you. They want, they want to know when the pothole is going to be fixed in front of their house or the recycling wasn't picked up. They get in touch with you and we, we uh, respond to them. So Commission of Former Government is very accountable in that that way uh, but uh you know uh, we're we're hoping that we could uh be able to report that all those roads are re, are, are repaved and that you know uh, the magic wand came in the came in the form of public service electric and gas because without <laughs> them we wouldn't uh have got our roads all repaved that's great all right just want to remind our listeners and our watchers on youtube if you have any questions, please feel free to email us at publicrelations at nutleynj.org. That's publicrelations at nutleynj.org. You should be able to see that at the bottom of the screen right now. Uh, Mayor. Uh, Thomas, I want to thank you for coming up with this idea. Um, you know, you like you said, you and I have known each other a long time. Uh, it makes it very comfortable to have this conversation. And uh, hopefully we do start to provide some accurate information for all of our listeners and watchers out there. I should have known this, uh, our public debate class in, in 11th grade with Mrs. McMillan would have led to this for you as, as mayor. I don't think anybody thought that I was going to be mayor at that time, Thomas. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could have bet some money on it. <laughs> I don't know where you got the odds back then, but. Uh... <laughs> thank you, mayor. We'll, we'll see you next month. All right. Thank you, Thomas. Bye-bye.